0: travelers i'm josh and i'm kahi and we're the, the genshin, genshin guys. guys welcome all this podcast is for fans of genshin impact the mobile game made by hoyoverse also known as mihoyo here we talk about our opinions experiences and dreams about genshin impact if you like our show don't forget to subscribe on apple music spotify or wherever you're listening to the podcast so before we get started kahi how are you doing today
1: i'm yeah, doing pretty good i'm um, getting a little muggy here but the weather's not that bad. Um also, I've been catching up slowly on my anime queue, so <laughs> I still have a lot of episodes, a lot of shows to get caught up on, but I have a day off today, so I have a lot to do. A lot of quests in Genshin, a lot of prep. Um but yeah, pretty much good so far. How about you, Josh? Uh, how's your cough? Are you getting better?
0: Uh it's still there. Um but it is definitely getting better for sure. Like uh usually less in smaller intervals now I mean wait, wait. big larger intervals now yeah larger intervals now before I go off typically but you know it's different when I'm like doing a podcast or something or streaming or just like using my voice constantly so um you know it's okay uh I'll be okay but I appreciate you asking uh otherwise I am uh doing all right just uh you know voice acting and trying a bunch of stuff and learning and self-development and all, all that stuff really really fun Uh, time here in Vancouver Canada so here we go so I'll introduce our topics for today first is our weeks in Genshin Genshin news Nahida's second story quest Sapientia Oromastis act two yeah and the academia we're going to be talking about the academia today in an academia lore learn along and we're going to be doing the community discussion question and the last wish segment okay so before we get started on these topics uh just a quick shout out to discord if you haven't already joined our discord the link is in the description uh come and join us come talk about genshin with us come talk about other games with us is coming out soon so many things um and yeah we have a really really fun community we're very welcoming uh, if you want to join part of the wholesomeness of our community come and join us on discord uh we do things like weekly camera contests uh we with the camera in genshin we do a lot of food and pet sharing pictures. So if you, you know, if you're into that too, of course, come join us, um, and hang out. Uh, we have a very respectable community and thank you to everyone that is already a part of that. Okay. So let's go into our first topic as always our weeks in Genshin. Okay. Kahi, how was your week in Genshin impact?
1: So I really tried to get through like the main, (laughs) the main, um, zone quest. But the thing about the new zone is cause there's so many obvious chests right around <laughs> and they're actually good. They're good, you know, rewards in the chest. So I'm like, okay, this might be worth it. So I'm just going to try and unlock th- this puzzle real quick. And then it apparently just takes a really long time cause you have to use Sarouche a lot yep. and then you unlock this one quest. And I'm like, oh, I I, went- I spent way too much time. I'm just trying to go to the next part of the quest, but, um, did you finally finish
0: it? I did.
1: Oh, okay. So we'll probably do this uh particular quest because it's long and of course there's more story. We'll probably do that next episode.
0: Do we, wait, do wait, Kahi. did we ever do we ever like finish the Golden Slumber discussion?
1: No, we didn't we didn't finish Jets yeah. discussion quest either.
0: Maybe we should do so that this, one.
1: <laughs> okay we oh, we probably should we should probably do R and R too. Okay here's the thing. <laughs> I have I have a feeling I have this strange feeling that we're not done with Jet's quest just yet, just because of how many times it keep it kept resurfacing. We'll see, cause like I don't know. The, the last the last part of the so, desert opened up, uh, so
0: I don't I don't see Jet's quest uh, continuing in here.
1: I, yeah, I guess not. But it'll be you it'll can dream. You can dream. Okay, you can dream.
0: You can dream. We talk about our dreams for Genshin Impact here, right? That's what I we know. do. Yeah, yeah. We so. could do.
1: it will probably do like once all the things in sumaru are done yeah we'll do like a recap of like what was the best part of sumaru i would i'd probably want to do that
0: jets should just get a vision and be playable you know
1: yeah easy easy peasy um yep i'm still saving i'm still trying to grow throughout the whole zone unlock all the tel- teleporters um this new part of the desert isn't very big but it is very stuffed full of stuff <laughs> um a lot of dendroculus that i is a constant constant reminder that i probably should go back and try to unlock at least a couple more to get to one more statue level uh i think all of the other statues i got to like max level except sumaru just Mm. because you know there's a lot
0: Oh, we also just unlocked the last area so
1: yeah but i don't because there's so many that are in very specific locations i don't know if, if I'll have enough time to go back and try to get everything before the next big patch and everything because there's more story, there's more quests, there's more mm-hmm. and everything else. So, man, Sumaru was just chock full of stuff. Yeah. It's a very dense it's patch. A, it's it's every
0: gigantic. Time. It's like it is When you huge. think that uh, an area couldn't get much bigger than Liwei and you see Sumaru and you're like, oh, it's actually two giant areas in one area. It's crazy. And one I mean, yeah, Zuma
1: and then Chasm yeah it was like actually cool really deep but then hey sumaru <laughs> kind of mm-hmm. outshines them all it's pretty ridiculous to think of how all the new zones are going to be compared to Sumeru. now because is it going to be bigger yeah i'm, I'm be, so like, curious more refined?
0: yeah i mean i uh, assumably snesnaia is huge if we like just look i don't know if we look at the map there's still a lot of map left so if those are if there mm-hmm. unless there's any other like non-faction nation that's just like an area that's not within any nation then it's going to be like those nations are going to be huge like Fontaine, Natlan, and uh there's only three left but there's so much map left. Also there's the rest of Mondstadt which supposedly we haven't really seen yet so um yeah so hype for that.
1: Yep um other than that yep just doing some pre-patch farming. I just wanna I'm just you know Gathering all the new materials that I can find because I'm still not too sure what Baiju is gonna require. Mm-hmm. Uh, I told you I'm gonna go after Baiju, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, after Baiju is just, yeah. I mean to a font
0: Assumably he'll use like uh the new the new boss because he's a five star. Mm-hmm. So he'll use the Inquisitor. Right.
1: Hey, but doesn't he drop electro things?
0: I don't know. Just it's like one of those like um like the like how Yelon and Kuki use the, the chasms like robot like worm like it doesn't really matter Mm. like what Ah, element it is so Mm. yeah they have those sometimes it's a a
1: mechanical thing though because this one has like an element tied to it which is weird because it's electro they didn't announce any electro character unless it's a hint well we'll see i would love for another electro character wait how many came from Sumaro? just dory and sino right yep that's it Hmm. could be one
0: more maybe
1: Maybe coming at the last minute. All right. And uh, what about your week in Genshin, Josh? Uh, you've been streaming a lot lately.
0: So this week, by the way, Kahi, I don't know if you saw, but I interviewed another content creator, um, and his name was Mythic Mage Hat, and he's a Twitch streamer, and very very fun conversation. We we talked about a lot of lore things especially uh we talked about his his crazy theories about like how inazuma doesn't actually exist and yaimiko is actually controlling everything and that makoto didn't exist he says he's a makoto denier (laughs) like it was really really interesting conversation because um there's a lot of really suspicious things that happen in inazuma that isn't really explained but we kind of just go along with whatever yaimiko says and so he has a lot of theories that connect to like you know well if that if this is the case then why did this happen or like why does this even happen or what does this mean and uh, we talked about it so if you're interested in seeing that uh the vod will be up on youtube but it is on twitch on the coffee and culture podcast official channel um and the link to that is in the discord so if you are haven't joined already join us um follow mythic mage hat on twitter if you haven't already i'm uh, sorry follow mythic mage hat on twitch if you haven't already uh, really really great guy and he streams, and they just kind of talk about lore on the on the channel. It's pretty great. So yeah, that was one thing I did this week.
1: I have a feeling that sounds plausible because she had the gnosis
0: the longest. Mhm. Yeah. Something like that. there was something about that too. Mm-hmm. Like why would she have the gnosis yeah. for so long and like all this stuff. So yeah. So it's plausible. I can kind of see it. Mhm. <laughs> so yeah, I've been streaming a lot. I streamed that entire quest that you were talking about, the Pari World Quest, and. Uh, I didn't realize it would take, like, almost six hours also, just like the jet quest, the second half jet quest. And Um, that's if you just focus on the quest. I got distracted so many times. I I got distracted (laughs) a little bit, but I really ignored a lot of things. Like, I have to go back to some of those areas because I ignored stuff because I wanted to finish the quest. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, but it was fun. The, The new area is cool. It's, like, not too big, but it's vertical. It's very vertical. So, and because you can fly around... Uh, Sarouche. It's like this whole thing, but yeah, there's a lot of dips,
1: yeah. a lot of like you know pretty deep caves.
0: Yeah, so it's a very interesting place. The music is very nice. Um It was a, of course, that world quest is another quest worthy of voice acting that just doesn't have it. Like it's so important and like emotional, but like there's just no voice acting. So it's like, man, I wish I could hear you know people doing it. So we'll see what happens. Um, I wonder if that quest will continue in any way, but it seems like it, it ends pretty cleanly. So, um, you know, and you can, when you finish it, you can, we can talk about it on here, but yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. It was definitely fun. Uh, so yeah, so that's what I did. Um, other than that, um, I just, mm, what, what did I do? Uh. Yeah. I mean, other than that, I actually leveled up Yunjin to level 90 because I got C6 Yunjin. Very excited about that. Tried her out in some team comps. She's congrats. Very, very, very good. I love it. And um, yeah, so I'm just kind of waiting for the Parade of Providence at this point, <laughs> the, the event. Like, um, so yeah, we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens next. Oh, I, I have been I have been farming a little bit for Cave and Baiju stuff, too. I'm just grabbing everything I can get in the new place. Fighting the Dendro Same. Hypostasis mm-hmm. just in case I need those. Trying to fight the Inquisitor whenever I need those. Uh, making sure that I fight the 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 new boss from the Nihita story quest like just to uh, get the materials like every week, you know, um, because we'll most likely need those to level their skills past level six. So, yeah, I'm excited for them, and that's about it. So, okay, so let's move on to Genshin news. Okay, so Genshin News, not much news lately. Uh, I don't know if it's because Honkai is coming out soon, or because this was like a mid patch quest, or because the new Parade of Providence event is coming uh, in two weeks, and uh, that's kind of where a lot of the story is going. Um, but yeah, we have uh, Yelan's birthday on April 19th. Yeah, like Yelan, amazing character. Uh, really, really great. Uh, really cool design, but also really, really good gameplay, and really fun to use on the overworld map because you can just run around um we also have the chords of the forest web event for the second sumeru ost so go check that out you can get free gems for listening to the album i don't know if it's over yet but i know that it was posted um actually it might be over by the time you listen to this but go double check if you haven't go listen to the soundtrack and we have the fulminating sandstorm event which i have not started yet but it is it is in game now um so go check that out as soon as possible and then we will talk about that probably next week, um, because it is an event. Okay, and that's pretty much it. Genshin news, like I said, not not too much recently, um, which is uh, pretty interesting. But we know that we will get more and more of this as time goes on. Um, and yeah, can't wait for more stuff. I can't wait for Fontaine news. Come on. So <laughs> we'll see. We're almost
1: there. Almost there. After yeah. the next two characters. I don't know, maybe it'll be a transition story. It's going to lean in, and a Harbinger shows up, and then, oh, we follow the Harbinger right into Fontaine. I don't know.
0: Yeah, and you know, like, <clears throat> actually right now... <clears throat> right right now is the most that I've saved up uh, Primo gems in a long time because I don't need Nahida and Nilu, which are the current banners, and I really want Kave and Baiju. So I'm really glad that I don't have to roll on this on this. And then if Kirara is the only character coming next time. Um if she's a four star then I definitely won't roll for her because I don't want to roll four four stars. Um I, I don't want to roll four four stars. Um and I and if it's two five stars, I have all the five stars already at this point. So I I can just save again and I can start saving for like if there's any new characters released toward the end of Sumaru or if we I can just start saving for Fontaine basically at this point, which I'm really excited for. So let's uh you know let's go. <laughs> let's save. And, um, yeah, a lot of
1: people are just like Fontaine waiting in the lobby.
0: No, it's great. But uh, if you don't have Nilu already, I do recommend getting Nilu. Uh, actually, Nahida too. They're both really good. So if you don't have them, I recommend them. But if you're waiting for Baizu Kave, just got to wait a little bit longer. And uh, you can uh, hopefully bring him home. So <laughs> bring home the Dendro Daddy. <laughs> so I mean, If I had
1: to pick any one character, if you had to only get one before this whole thing is done and we move on to Fontaine. I've got i got to say Nahida just because she helps out with every ele- yeah. every elemental reaction and she's you know the archon
0: yeah there's a, Nahida's there's a kind of amazing. there's always there's always reason to get the archons right um but yeah also just like the little lower thing where like you can scan people's minds in zoomeroo it's pretty great. yeah that's still good um so yeah so that's pretty much it for news um so let's dive into our first topic of the day uh, which is dragons. So Kahi, let us know about Nahida and her story quest.
1: All right. So yes, the story. A uh, okay. Um. How, how did you say it before? Sap- sapientia.
0: Oh yes, it is. Uh, it is. Sapientia. It is sapientia oromastis.
1: I wanna say it might. It might be pronounced sapientia, like like the word like. Dementia.
0: I mean, I don't know. I don't know sapientia. what the uh I think it's Latin. Or maybe. the root languages could I be. I don't know if they Sapientia. I don't know how it works, to be honest.
1: Automadsis. Automadz. Automatis. Automazdis. Automazdis. I'm just trying to make it sound exotic. But anyway. <laughs> um the title of it, this episode was oh. called Darshans and Dragons. Mm. So we're gonna actually be starting off with dragons and then discussing the Darshans. So uh the dragons. The reason why. Dragons is because this is actually the only time mention of dragons is you know pretty prevalent in the story. Ever since I think Inazuma, um,
0: I mean Azdaha was a thing.
1: Azdaha, yep. Or like the last the last mention of dragons in the story was I think around Inazuma like once or twice, but that was more of like serpents and that was yeah more like orobashi like, is a little than yeah and bishops and yeah stuff. slightly different yeah bishops but yeah this one um not only are dragons you know mentioned we also get mentioned of a dragon king so uh as a little story overview of what happened throughout Nahida's story quest um so you meet up back with Nahida, you know say hey how's it going Um, she finds this fire seed which is basically a coalesced elemental energy that she found in the sanctuary of Surasthana, um, we suspect it was left by the old Ruka Devada, and so yeah, she's trying to figure out, yeah, what's this for? Maybe it's linked to this, these old memories that I'm trying to dig up, or something important that I'm supposed to do that I still have yet to remember. Um, so, memories are, of course, things to remember. <laughs> Get it? Huh. Um, it's a we're always trying to see the fullest effects of the forbidden knowledge that's invaded the old the old Sumeru or the old uh, desert uh, desert sands Um, so we also as we were kind of discovering hey what's what's this little fire seed Um, suddenly we caught wind of a fungus that could talk and this fungi was like a A little bit more of an evolved elemental creature that has pretty interesting implications of its origins but we follow it and then we come to find out that there is more like it and then we're trying to help it find its origin and the origin at this point in the story we don't know or it doesn't know because it forgot and so you follow it around you try to find some more of these fungi creatures um and then we find this little group Nahida uh, learns how to transform into one of those uh, through its power and channeling. Apparently it takes a lot of energy to do that. So anytime we change or shift forms, uh, it it apparently takes the power of an archon and some help in order to do that. Um, So we find some more fungus, we find some more... Uh, Hints about where the origin or the home of these fungi could be. Mm -hmm. Um, It takes us back to the chasm, which is an interesting turn of events. We go all the way back to the chasm again to find a geofungi. And the geofungi actually says some pretty interesting things here. So I took some screenshots of some dialogue that I thought would be pretty interesting to keep in mind. Um, All right. There's one. Hit us. uh, Okay. With the dialogue. With the dialogue. Mm-hmm.
0: Now with uh,
1: your fist. Ah, <laughs> uh, there's so many so many screenshots I took. Oh, so the geofungi um said something you know, when we first found it. And there's these there's a few things I want to bring up. It said, wait, did you get smaller again? So Ruka Devada was not Always, you know, the tall, like you know, perfected form of Nahida, Ruka Devada, even back then, somehow had a way to shrink. I don't know. It's because she uses up a lot of her power, and then she shrinks, and then she gains it back, and she grows up again.
0: Well, I think because like the with King Deshret, she like used up her mm, power, right, and then she became smaller. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. But that's, I I thought that's how she ended up and just you know, stayed that stayed that way. But for the Jew, she either was. When her power depleted, that's how she stayed and ended up. But but the reason why is because the Jihyo Mushroom, at least from its perspective, um, said, did you get smaller again? So he only knew her, or Nahida, or Ruka Devada in this case, uh, as, you know, her truest form. And then shrunk, but knows that it is possible to shrunk, shrink again. Mm. So either... So to me, that implies that Nahida could also, when she, you know, gains most of her power back because she, you know, she's like the main archon, the main, you know, god again or something, um, she, her form could actually change back to somewhat normal, but that's just speculation, but it's just implied by the Geo Mushroom thinking, hey, wait, you're small again. Interesting. Um... The, and speaking of changing forms, the fungi, once you, you know, heal them or cleanse them, apparently, like when they, you know, dissipate or wither away, they actually go back into somewhat of a cycle where their energies get just reused and channeled and dispersed throughout the land. Um, which was a pretty interesting, uh, uh, I guess, detail, because back in Inazuma, I was remembering we had a quest with Yaimiko, where she was also kind of like an exorcist of sorts, where she was guiding souls back to the cycle, so to speak. So either um, humans themselves have this same ability when they die, or we all have somehow connections to elemental energies, even though we don't all have visions or are able to control visions. So this, um, even from the beginning of Sumeru, we, are all, we heard the, the line that Nahida said, this world runs in a loop and there's cycles of all kinds so it might be this it might be the same kind of you know energy recycling cycle or maybe slightly different but there seems to be more similarities and differences um so basically we find all these mushrooms all these fungi and it leads us to the desert and in the desert we um meet up with a a very old and ancient dragon named Apep um Apep Apparently, right now, seems to be the oldest being we've ever run into. And I believe Apep is even older than Zhongli. Um, Because Apep apparently has knowledge of what happened, like, even before the land was terraformed, in a way. And knows about the apocalypse that happened. Right, so so
0: Apep is... Mm-hmm. a pep is like the dendro dragon that ruled over Sumeru mm-hmm. before the heavenly principles so before celestial right. came like because uh there were the the seven sovereign dragons that ruled the land of teyvat mm-hmm. before the the outsiders came and turned it into what it is and so um you know a pep that that's what pep is like a pep has been around since like the beginning basically as far as we know before people before heavenly principles before teyvat uh before celestia before Teyvat was like, what it is now.
1: Yep, and one of the first one of the first things Apep says to us when we meet Apep, um, Apep says, "I do not need saving, especially not by you, Buer. So, she directly addresses Nahida or the lesser Ruka Devata as you know their godly name, right, or their their demon name. I don't name. want to say demon name, but like <laughs> their, their original name. Yeah, because you know these these specific kinds of names—they're they're alternate names or alter egos, or whatever you want to call it—are um, based off of real names. You know, in you know, you know IRL, they there's Injung mean, Lee's uh, was Rex Lapis, not Mor- Morax. Yeah, Morax is his you know godly name. All oh, right. Um, same thing for Barbados, which is Venti, mm-hmm. and then Ball, which is you know. Um, uh, in shogun or a, a everyone has a lot of names there's a lot of names in here yeah um but Apep says you are no different from amun both of you have only existed for a fraction of what you know as time yet you call yourselves lords of this land by leaning on the heaven's glow so of course they know all their power is bestowed upon by the heavenly principles or up in Celestia. so there's there's like kind of there's a link there's you know obviously like power that's coming from another source, not only in this world, it's maybe higher up. Um, Apep also says... Uh, something about the Dragon King. So, Apep says, It's a long story. We all once believed in the distant past that only forbidden knowledge could give us the enough power to defeat the heavenly principles. So, obviously, they really don't like them. For reasons. I mean... It could probably just be because, hey, you you treaded upon our land. We were here first. It uh, could be some more. We might be learning about that later on. But there's also the mention of the Dragon King. So Apep says, The Dragon King acquired the power of darkness from outside of this world and led us in a fight against the order established by the outsiders. Um, There's a lot in this sentence because... Apep is aware of outside of this world, things that came out from outside of this world. Maybe Apep knows about some descenders, um, and fight. Uh, Let us in the fight against the order established by the outsiders. Um, I I'm thinking this is the Abyss Order. I could be wrong, but if there's any order that outsiders established, I can only think of one: the Abyss Order. Is there any other orders that you know of? Well, like, uh, in, in
0: in to. in a Peps, in a Peps, um, viewpoint, ev- everything, mm-hmm. <laughs> Celestia yeah. is the outside order, like everything. Yeah, everyone's kind of an outsider. Yeah, ev- everybody is an outsider. So, like, I think that's kind of what they're referring to.
1: Um, yeah, um, as you know, as far as like battles and you know outsiders versus you know. The locals. <laughs> mm. Uh a pep was saying in war the victor would inherit the right to shape the world, while the others while well, the losers must turn to ash. So this is really like fighting over yeah, the ability to preside over the entire world, to become gods of this world. Um there's a heavenly principles which came from outside the world and started to kind of I guess sounds like they just tried to straight up take over from the dragons, so I'm thinking the dragons were the original, you know, presiders or the original caretakers. Um, only dragons that I know of, off, off the top of my head, is the um, and Apep, and you know, <sighs> I just forgot his name. You said his name already. Hmm? Uh,
0: uh Azdaha. The,
1: the geodragon, Azdaha. Sorry, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank. There's just a lot of names going on. Mm-hmm. Do you know of any other dragons? Any other dragon beings? Or... Um, mm. Just off the top of your head. But like, that's the only ones that I can think of that are obviously dragons.
0: Right. Mm. Uh, no,
1: not really, no. Um, So if there were like original seven, uh, we have, you know, a dr- dragon of wind, a dragon of Geo and a dragon of Dendro. Could be mm-hmm. some lightning dragons, could be some fire dragons. I would love to see a fire dragon. That's going to be great.
0: Right. Oh, what about Durin? Mm.
1: Durin, Dur- mm, wait, who
0: is Durin. Durin was like the, the sh- <laughs> this doesn't count for like that per se, but like when mm-hmm. you're talking just about dragons in general, Durin was like the, like the shadow dragon that was made by the same uh, alchemist that made uh, Albedo, the one that's like whose heart is in the mountain.
1: Oh, from dragons? From a yeah, dragon dragon's spine. spine quest. Yeah, that, that's. Oh, yeah. yeah, the shadowy dragon. Yeah. Ah,
0: so Ryan Daughter created Durin and was like an experiment. And, um,
1: uh, yeah. It's a created dragon. I don't think it counts as like one of the originals, yeah, but yeah. it is a dragon. Yeah. Is mean, it dragons?
0: That's just what mm-hmm. I was just trying to think. But, yeah, okay. I, I think no, that's that, a
1: good catch, though. But I didn't. Ooh, that's. Yeah, that's a pretty good reminder. Might pop up later on. Mm hmm so yeah the most of the really interesting lore bits and story bits come out when you finally meet a pep because a pep just starts going all into like history what happened before she was corrupted what happened afterwards um the in i think the most interesting thing to me about uh when we met a pep a pep said something um about the original king of the deserts. So Alamar. Uh, Apep says, when Alamar's proud kingdom collapsed, I swallowed him whole as I agreed and absorbed his elemental power. So the agreement that uh, Apep and Alamar made was, let's see, um, some of the dragons have grown close to your kind have forgotten all about our hatred from when the world was taken from us. Um, she agreed with Alamar to do this, to absorb every all the knowledge that he acquired, but she didn't know that it was forbidden knowledge, so that's when she became corrupted. So, Ipep says, As I attempted to collect more forbidden knowledge from the corners of the world as it was on the virtual collapse, I was stopped by the giant spike that fell from the sky. Sand dunes arose where there was only forest, and it was as if even Sumeru itself was trying to tell me that the era of the dragons was over. So, the... Giant spikes that fell from the sky is kind of when heavenly principles are like completely taken over, and yes, you know, Age of Dragons is over. Mm-hmm. That was like that was a signal. That was a start of a start and an end. So that's a very significant occurrence when a spike happens. Um uh Alomar's ambitions continued to grow and he planned to establish a powerful kingdom in my domain, so in Apep's domain. Although I didn't think much of him, I allowed his actions under one condition. After his death, all the knowledge he came to accumulate would belong to me. So, in exchange for, yeah, I'll let you take over some of my area, you give me all the knowledge so that I can help, you know, fight against the heavenly principles, you know, later on. But, Mm -hmm. you know, that's when she got corrupted. Um, When she got corrupted, um, it was... When the forbidden knowledge was purged, and I believe this was when we had the Airman's Soul events where Nahida found out that you know she could rid, you know, the forbidden knowledge from history by, you know, I guess destroying her old self and thus devata rewriting history, mm-hmm. created a void. Um, it. This is not like an additional thing, but like a void, like literally, the place inside of a pep that housed all the actual knowledge the forbidden knowledge because it's immediately disappeared now you have like a big gaping nothing now this void um i guess somehow made a pep even worse because it has it kind of threw off some balance between its you know danger energy and trying to like hold back from like consuming from getting consumed by that void, um, Nahida was saying that if we don't do anything, that a pep's energy could just immediately disperse and overgrow everything. So that was that's a pretty <laughs> uh, pretty interesting, uh, I guess, warning because apparently that's enough energy to blot out the sun, overgrow everything in the Sumaru or the planet. Because she was saying, like humans and like. Animals would fight over oxygen. So if it's that bad, I'm assuming this kind of energy could envelop the world. So that's uh, that's pretty that's pretty bad. Um. So yeah, we this is the only boss fight that I know of where we had to like help the boss midway through. Um. I think we were talking about boss fights. Um. Last episode. So. Um. This is next nice, multi-phase one that brought up a lot of, you know, a lot of dialogue throughout the fight. But mm-hmm. this is where the major event happens. You fight Apep, you help cleanse it, everything's fine, everything's kind of mellowed out. Um, so Apep, after, you know, causing Apep to kind of like mellow out. Uh, let's see. Apep says, I admit that I fell for his trap. I was like a final failsafe in his plan. Uh, Tiny Boer and the rest of you continue forward. I shall keep a watchful eye. How far will the life so dear and precious to the heavenly principles be able to go? I wonder. So Apep says, how far will the life so dear and precious to the heavenly principles be able to go? Um, I can't remember if she's referring to Nahida, like, because she's talking to us, Mm -hmm. like the life. So precious to the heavenly principles, if there's life, that's precious to them. I would assume it would be the Archons, because their power is getting channeled through them, presiding over the world. Does that sound right? One more time? That makes sense, right? Okay, Apep says, how far will the life so dear and precious to the heavenly principles be able to go, I wonder? Um, I think she's talking about Nahida. That yeah, yeah. That makes sense yeah. to yeah, me. Yeah, I think she's talking about, it she's right? talking
0: about the, the Archons. Yeah, the
1: Archon life, like that specific life.
0: Right. Okay.
1: Um yeah um after which you know we go back to the city you know the seed was destroyed in order to like start the whole boss encounter but that was pretty much where the story ends we now know more about the apocalypse start we know about the dragon king's existence we know about the existence of other big dragons that are obviously elemental related and elemental based ancient beings we know more about some conflict between everyone down here and versus heavenly Principles. heavenly yeah, principles. Yeah. We, we
0: basically got like a, uh, yeah. a first, uh, what's it called? The first hand source, <clears throat> mm-hmm. like, a and like someone who was there who experienced yeah. it. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I, this is kind of why I wanted to do this one first above anything, because I like dragons. Dragons <laughs> are cool. Dragons are fun. Usually when dragons are involved, it's pretty important. Like I'll bring up two examples in world of Warcraft. Apparently now in their game, dragons created the world and like one of the most powerful beings is a dragon mm. um destiny 2 the most powerful beings were dragons i had no idea they were a dragon well i mean i've been playing for a while but when i first heard of it i didn't even realize that dragons were even part of this this universe so dragons are really cool they're great yeah, they are they mean a lot um so yeah um throughout this whole thing um josh was there a particular thing that stood out to you in the story do you have a favorite or do you have like a a lore tidbit that stood out to you what'd you like
0: i mean the moment where you first see a pep's like full form in the desert in that cut scene mm-hmm. oh man it's i thought it was so gonna be that cool. big i mean a pep is that big like you know like i know
1: but like when you when you fight the boss you know yeah. you have to fight like a smaller version of it but yeah. like inside oh man to fight yeah. a huge dragon like that would have been
0: cool yeah it was like it was just like seeing its shadow like we just see its shadow and it's just like oh my God I I heard someone like glitched like glitched out of the cutscene like I don't know if it was on accident or on purpose or whatever but I heard that they could see that dragon all the way from leeway <laughs> it's so gigantic oh my God it's crazy That's awesome. It's so cool. Yeah. So anyway, that moment was great. I watched some other streamers like go through that moment where they're just like, holy crap, like, you know, like, uh, it was really funny to, to see people's reactions because it is so cool. Like it was just so memorable, like, oh, I don't want to fight that. Like, you know, (laughs) so. You know, like I first
1: had that same feeling when I saw like the giant constructs Mm-hmm. In Sumeru you know the one that's into like the the mountain or like right, the, right, one in right. the, the desert the... that's still shooting.
0: Yeah, the um the the mm-hmm. golems. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that it's, you know, with a little bit of no, more development and you know, more technology and advances, I I'm, I'm pretty sure they could probably do something like a super huge open world boss. Oh, I'm sure. I, I'm I sure. have a feeling they could do it. Yeah, they I'm could sure. totally do it. It just kind of depends on how much they want to
0: do it. The biggest mm-hmm. boss is the Shoki no Kami, right? Scaramush. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I th- yeah i mean they can just you know scale up a little bit more maybe if they have to shrink the arena just to do that or maybe make several arenas to show different phases of it because you know boss fights do that sometimes too like you i fight, mean they like, could the easily hand, do it in, the, the, in the
0: ocean there's so much space there
1: osile and beige what is yeah. it yeah based right
0: yeah yeah mm-hmm. Osile's wife. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, well, yeah so you like the big reveal of the dragon yeah right? it was that's your so favorite. memorable mm-hmm. for me What do you think is the most important, like, lore reveal, like, from all of this?
0: Uh, that's a good question. There's, there was, there was a lot. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, I think that... Hmm. Like, something we should really remember going forward. I think it was this, this, um... These creatures, like these creatures, like of a pep or whatever, um, that can like talk and stuff, and that like live forever, The uh, like what the like what the mushroom was, mm-hmm. right? Like not a seely, just like an elemental being that can change form over time. Uh, you know, like lives forever, but dies if uh, corrupted by the forbidden knowledge, um, and then mm-hmm. turns into the withering like that. Like we basically we found out like what the withering was. What the withering is and why it persisted even after we erased the elizar and everything right like well why is it still happening um even though we erased all the elizar like why can you still go out into the world and see withering like shouldn't the withering just be gone but that's not the case because we found out about the existence of this new sort of life form this new sort of being that that has actually that's actually not new and it's just been around forever but we just found out about it so just like we found about the, about, about the Pari in the new world quest, which we will get to eventually, but, um, you know, we're learning that there's so many life forms, uh, formed from different things in this world, like the Aranara, the, these, these things, the Pari, like, there's just so many, um, I'm really curious, I don't know if it's because, like, this is the forest, and, and the life, and, uh, like, full of life and creatures and things, and that's why they felt like it was, like, appropriate to have all this. But, like, you know, think about, like, we have the yokai in Inazuma. We have all these creatures mm-hmm. here in Sumeru. We and have the adepti, die. right? Mm-hmm. And then in Monsat we have, like, the wolf, like, and the dragon. The guardian and, spirits, yeah, the I guardian guess. guardian spirits, sort yeah. of. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've got a lot of interesting uh, regional-specific beings, and we just, like, in one patch got two of them. Uh, that we had not heard of up until this point, so uh, yeah, it was pretty interesting.
1: Uh, and uh, I guess to kind of wrap this up, um, since you're bringing up the, the fungi as like a pretty important thing to know that they can, you know, evolve, they can, you know, adapt, and they they can like actually change their forms over time based on like their surroundings. Right. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty interesting because um, there there was an... There was an anime called Eureka 7, where they had aliens that did the same thing. Mm -hmm. So it's like a coral. They were literally a coral alien where they, when they finally like landed on earth, they just started to like absorb and grow and like fuse with everything that it, you know, got in contact with, you know, Mm -hmm. and it started in the ocean. So you know, it started to talk to the fish, started to talk to the bigger animals, but because it's in the ocean, there's just so much mass to like, you know, absorb. It pretty much took over the entire planet. but with enough time it actually figured out that you know what because we're already taking over the entire planet um there's nothing else to talk to so humans had to like literally leave the planet thousands of years and then they landed back on the planet not knowing that was the original earth so Uh, now that they're back the only way to communicate or like to really like keep you know communicating with you know objects or assimilating was not to actually assimilate the humans but to actually create very highly concentrated versions of the alien consciousness into a humanoid form and then that was how they started to create this race that of
0: that's what eureka 7's about yeah wow i've never seen that show that's yeah. crazy
1: it's it's great it's very deep but it doesn't tell you any of this until way later i see um so this this is a very interesting parallel because yeah um this particular one can branch off and say hey elemental being in this area we've discovered it actually says it. the the, the hydrofungus says after communicating with various living organisms in Sumeru, we discovered that fungi are the life form most adapted to live in these lands. So they ended up looking like the fungi. Right. So every creature out there um, has is rooted. All their ancestors are just pure elemental beings that say, over here, it's best if we turn into a wolf. Over here, it's best if we turn into like a crane. Over here, it's best if we turn into a snake. You know, so everything is still rooted to the same kind of being. There's just Mm. different types. So I guess this is, yeah. Sumaru is the origin. I want to say like the origin of life. This area. I mean, it kind of. That's why it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everything else, going forward, I think we'll still have references to Sumaru, or possibly even we could come back to Sumaru and like do some more stuff. Because if the chasm is an area that we kept going back to across several patches, Sumeru could be that literal area too. Yeah. And it changes and evolves. So they could add more to Chasm. They could add more to Sumeru. I, I have a feeling we're not done with Sumeru even after we're done with Sumeru.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see what happens, yeah. right? Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So yeah, that is the Sapientia automatsis Wait, did you Automatis. have a favorite Automatis.
0: moment or most notable moment?
1: My most notable moment was when... Was basically the mention of the Dragon King and the original dragons Mm, because we like dragons. We, I like dragons, and we know more are coming. It's like Game of Thrones. The dragons are coming. Oh, you're right. You're right. The dragons are coming.
0: You're right. You're right. Yep, that makes sense.
1: Oh man, it's taken a long time. It's three years, and we finally have another kind of dragon. So not only are we able to look forward to another Harbinger appearance, but hey, look, dragon over here. it's 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 alive ah run
0: i I think (laughs) there was something said i don't remember who said it but i don't know i don't know where this source is from like it's from one of the like the archives in the game uh supposedly but it says a new gen like so in the seven sovereigns genshin wiki it says a new generation of sovereigns is currently being born it has been predicted that at least the hydra one will be quote unquote born in a human form this is from the uh from archive living beings, enemies and monsters, mystical beasts, bolt eater, bathysmal Vishap, Hashling. and then the, of the book in the Byaku in the Akoku Collection, Volume Four, bathysmal Vishap Experimental Records.
1: Small Vishap Experimental Records. Is that
0: what you said? Uh, bathysmal, bathysmal, Yeah, that's just the, okay. n- the name. Uh,
1: but Experimental Records is not the name.
0: Y- yes. Because okay. there was some they were trying to do some experiments hmm. on the dragon sovereign of water or related to vishaps, but then it says prophecy holds that the dragon sovereign of water will be born in a human form. We must not let this thing happen in Enkonomia. Hmm. Yeah. So Wow. And the Dragon of Water was the ruler of Vishaps with sovereignty over water and it was one of the seven sovereigns. So That's, they're
1: not talking about Beast and no, nope, right? Because nope, like nope, blood nope, of the Sea. Nope, 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 That's specifically like Sea. Specifically, portion. this
0: is a, an Enconomian yeah. prophecy.
1: Okay, wow. Yeah. Um...
0: So we might go back to Enkonomia eventually, <laughs> or we That'd might too, we might but... hear about it, but we might not go back there. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, yeah. So we'll we'll see how where that goes, I guess.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I brought that up about Eureka Seven because it's it sounds like they're literally they're literally going to do that you know what? let's make a humanoid form and let's just see how that goes right (laughs) wow cool all right so that is our dragon part of the darshans and dragons so let's talk about the darshans josh well uh, what's a darshan
0: uh so yes so what is a darshan right so before i get into that question specifically uh since the parade of providence event is coming up soon which we did see in the preview um it's going to be featuring sumeru's academia and all the darshan's so we thought it'd be nice to have a refresher on the academia its darshan's and what they all stand for so we're gonna do a lore learn along now a lore learn along on genshin guys podcast is where we go through the genshin fan wiki on complicated topics and read them to you so you don't have to kind of like a genshin fan wiki in audiobook form (laughs) so hope you enjoy so we will get to Darshan's. We will get there um, for the short answer is the Darshan's are bran- are different branches of the academia um, that study uh, that have specialty studies for each thing there, um, which I will go over later. But we will, we will get to that. So first, let me just start with the academia in general. Sumeru's academia. Okay. The Sumeru Academia is Sumeru's main governing body, as well as the most prestigious institute in all of Teyvat, located in the middle of the tree trunk of Sumeru City. It is particularly renowned for its corpus in arcane arts and historical records. The Academia accepts students from all over Teyvat and often sends traveling scholars, known as DRIOSH, to other nations to gather material for research. It is unknown how long the Academia has existed, but it was already a prestigious institute by the time of the Cataclysm 500 years ago. The Academia also takes a role as a governing body of Sumeru, handling much of the day-to-day affairs of Sumeru. Virtues and Sins The Academia has three virtues and six sins. Virtues are described in Sumeru's talent-level-up books, while the sins were deemed by the sages to be the sources of all crimes and banned to protect researchers from a careless pursuit of knowledge. They are the base of the academia's rules and the sages have been adding new rules and amendments ever since researching topics that are related to those sins will expose oneself to punishments such as expulsion from the academia or imprisonment so the virtues are as follows admonition admonition is the branches of the nation of wisdom it comes from a pure heart and is to be paired with wise thinking affording humble words clarity and good deeds conferring real meaning upon what is said Ingenuity Ingenuity is the leaf veins of the nation of wisdom. It springs forth from benevolent consideration, sets words of integrity on the right path, and should be completed by harmonious conduct. Praxis. Praxis are the roots of the nation of wisdom. They stem from an unwavering will, validate words of of honesty, and bring forth the fruit of wisdom. Now the sins are as follows. 1. Interfering with human evolution two tampering with life and death three delving beyond the universe four investigating the origin of words five revering revering gods without acts of devotion and six attempting the forbidden and fearing none so very interesting right like delving beyond the universe is banned (laughs) so what do you what do you think so far kahi anything catcher catcher beyond
1: the universe seems a little ambiguous because either are they talking like outer space are they talking about like like I think they're talking about their universe's reality yeah I'm and and, and and remember a thing
0: these are banned because these are banned because no matter how much you research them Oh, this one might be banned because no matter how much you research it, you won't get any closer to finding out any answers. So it's like a waste of time. It's kind of what it is.
1: Oh, so that's what they're thinking. So
0: that, or it, hmm. they know that it's too dangerous that people should not be studying it.
1: Because because you, saying because they you know, would die
0: forbidden because of knowledge, research. I'm I, that sounds like it could be a thing. <laughs> um, so here's the thing. I'm. It's
1: it's like a lot of actual you know modern day academics like. You don't want to research something like, uh, what do they call it? Gain gain of function research, because like, why would you make a virus even worse just to see what you could do with it or make it like an antidote against it? Like you're literally making the bad thing, right? You don't need to just so you can make an antidote for it. It sounds like you're just trying to make a problem so you can solve the problem. I, I don't really agree with that. But if you have something like, um, you know, a weapon. Like, yes, we, we already have a lot of weapons. Is it good to research more weapons? No, we have a lot. But if you make like a more efficient one, I guess that's less, less, you know, less horrible. I, I don't know. It's very murky water, but I understand like acad- academics do have to ban certain lines of research because of the harm it can cause. But it doesn't sound like in these Darshan, they have these rules because Oh, it's it's gonna cause like problems, or it's gonna cause like destruction. It's like it, they just, if they're saying oh it's it's a waste of time. It already sounds like they're hiding something. So if yeah. they're hiding something, like don't research beyond the universe, it's because do they already know and they have to keep it a secret? Mm. But I don't know. It's it feels like they're hiding more stuff. If that's a rule, right? They had a rule against um, mechanical beings, but right? Then, they're still researching mechanical beings to some degree.
0: Yeah, from the Karkata um, quest, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so let's uh, let's read on then. <clears throat> Academics. Nowadays, obtaining a degree from the academia is, notoriously, is a notoriously long and stressful process. Gregor, who had been admitted, states that he will be old by the time he graduates and sees his parents again. Hosseini states that it is not uncommon for people to graduate after the age of 30, and that he himself, being less than said age, has his hair turned near gray from his research. Thesis defenses are by far the most difficult part of graduating. Several of the Driash met in other nations express their anxiety over finding material for their theses and have changed their subjects due to extenuating circumstances or rejection from the review panel. Al-Rani downright fears the academia and mentions that Soraya, who is apparently t- among the top of her class, has piles of rejected manuscripts. It is implied that there is a limit to how long a student can stay at the academia without being able to graduate. Hosseini mentions that if he were to become a daster, he could stay at the academia longer instead of having to travel around Teva to conduct research. Lisa, who attended the academia in her youth, managed to graduate in two years under advanced study, quote-unquote, and is considered to be their best student in 200 years. However, she is not fond of her alma mater after realizing the cost of, quote-unquote, uninhibited erudition having witnessed raving mad scholars in Sumeru's forests and sages sitting in underutilized councils. She ultimately returned to Mondstadt and became a humble librarian, a decision that greatly baffles those who know how talented she is. Research On top of academics, Sumer Academia conducts research into various subjects. It is typical for traveling scholars to gather material and conduct preliminary research for their supervisors' projects and areas of interest, while researchers are allowed to stay at the academia to conduct their research. After determining that no electrovisions have been given out in the past year, scholars at the Academia theorized this phenomenon was related to the Electro Archon's will and in particular the proclamation of the Vision Hunt Decree. This theory turns out to be incorrect when Raiden A reveals to the traveler that she was unaware this phenomenon was occurring, and that Archons are not directly involved in the granting or denial of visions. Due to certain constraints, she could not say what actually caused the halt in electrovisions. While research at the Academia tends to lean toward the study of ancient history, the arcane, elemental energy, and fundamental basis of the world, it also bears research of the more scientific and practical variety. Every year, the Academia chooses a recipient for the Peer Kavikovas Prize, an award given out to a young scholar under 40 years old, whose research submission is considered quote-unquote groundbreaking and creative, and the submitter has quote great potential. Recipients of this prize have all gone to on- Recipients of this prize have all gone on to win great renown in the academia. Research into mechanical life forms is banned in the academia, with students caught doing so running the risk of being expelled. It was initially tolerated and popular amongst those of the Spantamad, but when overzealous researchers began to perform unregulated vivisections and other cruel experiments on animals, it was immediately banned. Okay, so we talked a little bit there about being... You know banning mechanical life forms why they got they banned it it wasn't originally banned but it was amended later um they give out a prize for most groundbreaking and groundbreaking and creative and great potential for scholars under 40 years old okay academic progression a few different honorifics and titles have been mentioned in relation to a person's progress in their growth in their research and studies at sumeru academia driosh commonly called traveling scholars are students who have been granted leave from Academia to wander and learn as part of their research process. Passing one thesis through the review process is enough to graduate from the academia, after which they may be considered formal researchers. There is another subset of students who are confined within the academia and do not leave until they graduate or otherwise cut their education short. So far, no honorific has been ascribed to students of this type. DASTER are formal researchers who have, passed, who have passed two theses through review process. Haerbad are researchers of high prestige who have immense knowledge and hold leadership positions. The six Great Sages, also commonly referred to as just sages, are the scholars with the highest positions of power in the academia. They are chosen based on a set of criteria to serve as leaders of the six Great Schools, one sage per Darshan. They are granted administrative power over the academia and also sit on the advisory councils. Some of their duties include assigning jobs and duties to researchers, for example, the role of the Grand Conservator. The Grand Sage is the absolute leader of the academia. This role and title are cumulative with the one of Grand Sage, but little is currently known about what specific additional functions and powers this title implies. The Grand Sage's office is located above the House of Dana. Governance The Sumeru Academia manages much of the day-to-day affairs of Sumeru and is responsible for managing the Akasha system, a system which manages manages knowledge as a resource that anyone wearing an Akasha terminal can access. The knowledge in the Akasha is compiled from the wisdom of the populace, and the information a person receives is heavily regulated by the Akasha. Yaimiko ponders whether this system was brought up by Lesser Lord Kusanali or by the Sages, however, it was revealed that the Akasha was the work of Greater Lord Ruka The Akasha is the manifestation of the God of Wisdom's power, but Lesser Lord Kusanali has little to no role in managing it. But as the first Akasha terminal, she has always had her consciousness linked to the Akasha, giving her the ability to occupy the consciousness of anyone wearing an Akasha terminal. However, she has only occupied the bionic puppet Catherine's consciousness out of respect for for her people's free will. It is, really, it is revealed that the Academia Sages, and by extension the entire government, are corrupt. Following Greater Lord Rukadavada's death, the Sages were disappointed with the newly born Lesser Lord Kusanali's lack of intelligence, and thus sought to replace their god in an attempt to control knowledge and restore Soul. After Tutore II returned to Sumeru to offer his assistance in making a new god, four of the six Sages began harvesting divine knowledge from crazed scholars at a secret facility using the Akasha to create a dream samsara to harvest energy and spreading misinformation about the king Destrit's revival. The Imurda sage, Nafis, and the Vahumana sage oppose the plan, only to be locked up by the other sages in response. The sages modified Skaramouche even further to create their new god. The Academia is also an authoritarian, banning the transmission of information by non-Academia sources and requiring plays to be approved by the Academia to focus on Academia-approved themes, before ultimately prohibiting public art performances altogether. After Scaramouche was defeated by the Traveler in Kusanali, Azar and the other three sages that collaborated with him were removed from their posts, with Nafis and the Vahumana sage being released from the imprisonment Azar had inflicted them. Four new sages are to be, are to be selected in the process personally overseen by Lesser Lord Kusanali. Al-Haytham was offered the position of Grand Sage, but he refused. Nevertheless, Al-Haytham became the acting Grand Sage to manage the Academia's important affairs before the new sages take office. He would ultimately resign and return to being its scribe, leaving the academia without a clear leader for the time being. Okay, so that was basically uh, kind of explaining the hmm. uh, the story, that part of the Archon quest, the main Archon quest, and then a little bit of uh, Al-Haytham's story. Uh, how many Darshans are there again? Like so, actual, like... perfect, perfect question, because the next uh, mm-hmm. section is the six Darshans. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so Sumeru Academia is currently divided into six Darshans, each of which has a specialty and designated color for their uniform. The first Darshans were established at the time the academy itself, at the same time as the academia itself by Greater Lord Rukh under the name of Six Great Schools, each representing a type of wisdom, are led by a great sage. Although additional darshans separate from these schools have been created throughout history, only the six great schools have stood the test of time. Nowadays, the six darshans and the six great schools are nearly synonymous. So let me quickly go over the six grade schools. So, Amerta. So Amerta is one of the six darshans, the six main schools of Sumeric Academia. Its current sage. Its current sage is Nafis. It includes disciplines such as biology, ecology, and medicine. The recognized color is green. Mascot on the mascot on the school symbol resembles a huma bird. Okay. Uh... Amurta was one of the first ones or okay, okay um it remains the largest darshan to this day so characters of note who are part of Amurta so uh, there's a lot of NPC names here I don't see any playable character names so yes so we don't have any playable Amurta characters so next is Rata- R- uh, Rataway Rotawise. Rotawise. Oh, I
1: think I think someone uh oh, I forget who, but I think they were saying it's Erdwiese. What is it? Erdo, Erdo, Erdo Okay,
0: Erdwiese. Erdwiese. Weiss. Erdwiese. Okay. I don't know. I, I think okay. that's
1: how it's supposed to be because it sounds it sounds correct. Erdwiese.
0: Uh okay, let's just say Erdwiese then. Uh so don't come after me if the pronunciation is correct. incorrect. I will learn eventually. <laughs> uh, Erdweist. Erd- okay, so its specialty is illuminationism or the study of stars, and it includes disciplines such as astronomy and astrology. Its color is blue. Azar was formerly its sage and also formerly the grand sage of academia. The mascot on its symbol resembles an elephant. Okay, so uh, encompassing objects such as astrology and astronomy, the. Erdawise Erdawise okay. The Erdawise school believes that studying the stars will lead to the truth and the stars will write people's destinies. In Sumeru only academics are allowed to study astrology although other methods of fortune telling are allowed. Okay. So no notable uh there's no Oh, oh. So Layla is uh is part of the uh Artowise <laughs> Erdawise. Erdawise. Yes. That's Erdweist.
1: that's how I'm going to say it. That's Unless someone else corrects me, that's oh. that's how I think.
0: Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. I'm gonna, let me go back. Let me back up a second. So, the Amerta, um, actually Tanari is from uh, Amerta. Because
1: mm. they're like biology ish. Yes, because
0: right? they're they're uh, yeah. biology, ecology, and medicine, right? So mm-hmm. Tanari is there. Um. Yes. Okay. So Tanari is there. Okay. And then Ertaweist is uh, Erduist is Layla. Okay and uh spantamad okay so spantamad is specialty is studying ley lines the elements and alchemy Scholar color is red the mascot on its symbol is a peacock with seven feathers representing the seven elements and a tree beneath representing ley lines and the airman soul tree wow it's cool symbol um due to their research in ley lines spantamad has the most driosh or traveling scholars of the six starshans. topics related to mechanical life forms were also popular until they were banned by the academia and uh of the characters that we know we know sino uh cyrus from sumeru and lisa were all part of the um spantamad as well as some other notable uh npcs like hosseini and abatoi so yeah cool um and the next is Haravatat. So, Haravatat's specialty is studying semiotics Semiotics and includes disciplines such as linguistics and ancient rune studies. Their recognized color is black, and its sage is Kaje. the mascot on their symbol represents a bull. Haravatat is currently the Darshan with the lowest enrollment numbers. What is their specialty
1: again? Semiotics?
0: Semiotics includes disciplines such as linguistics and ancient rune studies. So... Hmm okay
1: semiotics is that the one that se- se- so se-
0: semiotics is study of signs and symbols mm-hmm. right so semiotics yeah, yeah so this is this is the one that i believe is farzan yes farzan and al haytham are both in this spantamad i'm not spantamad are haravitat
1: like languages symbolism yes so yeah, like just, you know deciphering okay. reading
0: oh. right <laughs> um yeah. al haytham exactly so it has the lowest enrollment numbers right uh which if you played farzan's hangout hangout you might know um and then so amongst the six darshans heravitat's focus on semiotics involve it involves it in the study of ancient languages due to this overlap in studies with vahumana which focuses on history its members occasionally argue on the best way to approach the study of history based on kaldon and yavanani's debates Those from Vahumana view Haravatat's approach as tunnel visioning, while Haravatat believes that Vahumana's approach of trying to find universal rules that determine all events in history quote, puts puts the cart before the horse. Members of uh, er, mm, Rataoist Darshan, such as Hawa, sometimes dabble into the study of ancient runes, though Hawa comes from a lineage of scholars and may have gained some knowledge from outside her Darshan. One of the languages studied in Haravatat is the ancient King Desheret script. According to Al-Haytham, a member of Haravatat, every student is required to study at least 20 languages before graduation. However, he does not specify whether this is a requirement for all students in the academia or only of those in his darshan. Furthermore, it might have been a sarcastic remark on his (laughs) part. Furthermore, it might have been a sarcastic remark on his part. That's funny. Yeah, I was wondering about that, if that was, like, real or not. Uh, But, you know, Al-Haytham doesn't joke, (laughs) so uh and it's a study it is a study of languages is their whole thing so i I could imagine having to learn 20 languages uh before you graduate that sounds intense uh vahumana so vahumana is a specialty is a theology or the study of cause and reason for something it encompasses history and social sciences its school color is yellow and the mascot on its symbol represents a horse Members of Vahumana take, undertake expeditions to ruins. Scroll of, uh, scroll of Streaming Song was discovered in some desert ruins during one such expedition and translated by Vahumana scholars, although Tafazoli, a Haravatat Herbad, criticized parts of their translation. A popular, topic, a popular topic among Vahumana students is Time-Sensitive Commodities, or TSC. Their research and advice on this topic has helped fruit and vegetable sellers at the Grand Bazaar prevent waste and save mora. They have worked alongside Amurta scholars to de- to design products related to food preservation and overfishing. Wow, interesting! Right, so this is the I believe this is um, the Darshan that that doesn't have any playable characters that we know. Fahumana, this is the one that was like blank in the picture. So um, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, so there's no playable characters here, but like um, just a bunch of NPCs. So cool. What was their major study again? History Remembering... and social sciences. History social sciences. Okay. Um What color and what color are they? They're yellow. Yellow. And they're symbols of a horse. I mean
1: I mean just because yellow I mean if we have to partake in the event coming up. Oh yeah. That might be us. <laughs> that might be traveler.
0: True, true, true. That's true.
1: Cuz if they don't have enough people to like represent. Yeah. We could just immediately assume that one, because if they make us just choose another one, mm-hmm. I have no, because all of them are going to have an event, or they're going to have like, you know, an activity. Right. But if they needed a representative that, I, I have a feeling it's going to be us.
0: Well, let's let's find out. All right, let me do the uh, the last one here, which is Kasharoar. So this is the specialty of technology, and they're primarily in charge, primarily in charge of architecture and puzzle solving. Its school color is white, the mascot on its symbol represents a lion, and many of the buildings and structures found in Sumeru City were created or improved upon by Kasharawar scholars. In particular, their design for a simple single-story building has become become somewhat of a template for many of the city's buildings, especially due to the low cost and adaptability. Though the effects of their technological advances are widespread and have led to more affordable products, most people are unable to appreciate or even notice the complex theory that goes into it. Sharowar researchers are also instrumental to Sumeru's textile industry, particularly due to their loom designs. Over the past 100 years, they have worked towards making textile machines more productive while still allowing the fabric to retain its beauty uh Pier kavikavas was one of the greatest scholars in kisharwar's history however an accident occurred while he investigated Devantaka mountain in T- Devatak Devantaka mountains ruin golem and his research was lost ever since then the school has gone downhill likely due to the accident kisharwar advocated for strict control of machines and technology there were no major academic breakthroughs, and the school remains underfunded. It is only kept afloat by long-term funding from Dori, and she works with several people from Ksharawar, finding them more reasonable than others at the academia. In particular, Kave's creation of the palace of Arkhazarsaray was only possible through her Mora. So Kaveh is the only character that we know from uh, Ksharawar. There's only 10 characters that we know who are or were a part of Kisharwar. Um So, and hopefully we'll learn more about that in the event and with Kave. So Yeah, so those are the six star shots. And so they are mm, Amurta. Alright. R Rita
1: Art. Erdovice. When you read it it wants you to say it a different way, but then yeah. when you hear it, it's like okay let me, yeah. let me just say that. Because
0: <laughs> I, I, like, I, I just have to think, like, literally say the R at the beginning. Like,
1: I know, because they're looking R-wise. at the literal like, yeah. words, like the letters.
0: Spantamad, Haravatad, Havahumana, and Kisharawar. So uh, hopefully we'll learn more about those in the upcoming event. And, um, yeah, and then there's also, like, the Mahamada, which are alumni of Sumeru. So, like, uh, Scribe Al- Al-Haytham, for example, is technically part of that. Um, there's also the um house of dana which is just the name of the library um where above is where the grand Sage is, which is where alhaitham is usually there's burmistan which is medical like it's a doc it's basically like a hospital on campus more or less uh paris Dye is like a, a Murda run uh, botany research center which is usually where you find uh tanari it's like not connected to main Sumer city it's like out off to the side a little bit And, uh, there's the Matra, who are led by Sino, and they're the administrative officials that hand out disciplinary, disciplinary actions to researchers who have committed serious academic offenses. Uh, they're also inspect for, they also inspect for illegal sources of information like canned knowledge and presumably smuggled books. So, uh, yeah, there is, there, this academia, Their academia is so complicated, like I said, but I just wanted to kind of go over a big overview of like what the academia is and the six starshans because we're probably going to know about it more in this upcoming event or we're going to reference it in some way or another so any and thoughts all of these, Kahi?
1: All of these are going to be all of these all of these guys are going to be fighting each other pretty much right uh, in upcoming event. i mean so in the event
0: it looks like it sounds like there is like a like a mm-hmm. sort of sports-esque event where um they do compete against each other kind of like sports teams but you know, typically they work together, right? Like typically they they debate amongst each other to to push each other to higher researching uh, lengths, for and also to hold each other accountable, but then also to like help each other accomplish each other's goals because sometimes um, they work together for like a common goal, for example. So,
1: yeah, because I'm just remembering the trailer like from like the release. Oh, Um, yeah, yeah. Kaveh's coming up
0: the rear, like all this stuff.
1: Kaveh coming up the rear, and then Wanderer shows up out of nowhere, and then he's fighting. Yeah, Wanderer, so yeah, where Wanderer comes in, everyone else is along the same path. I mean, there's a lot of fights, a lot of battles going to be coming up, and that, you know, that kind of leads us into our community question. We're asking people about their favorite uh, fight or battle.
0: Yes, perfect Uh, segue.
1: mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Josh, what is yours?
0: Uh, My favorite is, uh, and I I know a lot of people probably have this same one in mind, but man, did it leave an impression. The Kazaha defending traveler from Raiden Shogun. uh, After Raiden Shogun, uh, you know, wipes Senora off the face of the planet, you kind of walk away, uh, and like you're all dizzy, and as you're walking out of the palace, Um, she basically comes behind you and goes to attack you, and... Kazuha and Goro and the army from Watatsumi are there and Kazuha sees that happening and his friend's uh, inert vision that is on him activates, the electro vision activates, and he kind of uses his electro power and animo at the same time because both of them are glowing and he just like zooms forward and deflects the Musono no hitotachi which is like supposedly impossible to some degree um, or like very 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 hard to do and so he does it and he saves the traveler and then uh and then the traveler turns around and like does this like huge like lightning sword slash and then but instead of taking the hit Raiden Shogun just brings him into the plane of uh, euthymia and um uh, the plane of euthymia and uh that's where you talk to A for the second time it was a very very cool cutscene so uh, very hard to forget I think what about you?
1: Um, yeah, since this was our last episode, like, I mean, we talked about this previously. Um, I talked about the Raiden Shogun fight being my favorite in-game fight, but mm-hmm. as far as, like, battle scene, um, I think it might be the... It's it's technically, like, two fights, but it's the Way fight when we first fight um, Osile, and then we fight Bash the next time. Um, because there was a lot of meaning to the fight itself for, and for what it meant for humanity. Because the first fight, we actually had to have the help of the Adepti because, you know, they're still in living in the age of gods and humans. Um, and so we had to like band together and defeat, you know, the, the incoming, um, Lord of the Vortex. But the next fight was all humans. Like the Adepti, the Adepti didn't step in at all. But it's, it was staged in a way where it looked like it was gonna, it looked like the battle was going to do the exact same thing as previously, but the Adepti didn't even move in. It, all the humans, you know, they made like a little bit of a trap. They had like a lot of, a lot more ballistas, they had a lot more technology. They had Beidou fighting in they the had, front line had, in, this, uh, in the ships. They had Shunha. Uh huh. Oh yeah, they finally had Shunha again.
0: Yeah.
1: And she like she froze, froze the tsunami. tsunami. Yeah, that's crazy. My goodness. But it, it had really impactful like you know meaning to the story and like progression of like humanity as as the human race because they're no longer relying upon like godly powers and adept die and then they're they're kind of capable to do things themselves um and and kind of and kind of meal was kind of like that too like humans got so advanced that something had to shut them down or some like heavenly principal force like actually had to like push them back in a way that had to halt their progress so humans are constantly on this trajectory to become rivals to gods which is kind of why i kind of feel for the harbingers like they want to seize authority from the gods i mean like yeah we kind of can do that and we've been like suppressed before and of course the gods are or the heavenly principles are they fear us for some reason so yeah i can kind of i can kind of get with their mentality or their other justifications but yeah that was my favorite like battle scene or fight scene because of like its meaning its impact right uh, but what about our discord uh, what's the discord people saying
0: so let me let me go through the discord so um <clears throat> Paimonyaka said a peps fight I find it fun and I absolutely love the music uh, Sarah Q says kazaha blocking Raiden's attack was easily the most epic moment it was also the first time we ever saw two visions at play yep same uh, Strawboober also onto that comment. 100% agree. First Goosebump moment I had in Genshin. Um, and what else? Let's see. Fox with Wing says, I have to say, Osile, the whole thing was so epic and emotional. Everyone getting together and supporting each other to face danger really gets me. Yep, that's like the one you're talking about. Um, uh, I have- Retro Sky says, I have to say two. The one where you and Nahida defeat Skara. I love how emotional it gets. And how we see a bit of his broken side, and the one where Kazuha blocks the, uh, no Hitotachi. I love my dear Animo boys. <laughs> and, um, let's see. Healing Halo says, out of, uh, out of cutscenes, I love the Jade Chamber Rises fight. It really shows how determined Ningguang is and how strong she is. Why the heck is she not a five-star? <laughs> Parentheses. Shunha stopping the tsunami is way too cool and show the amount of power a vision bearer can have under the right training. Yeah, that's cool. Um... What is, oh yeah, oh over oh, on. It's not like a fight cutscene, I guess, but I it kind of is. Over says, Albedo letting us fight slimes, and then Paimon complaining that it's too easy, and then him saying he can bring in six Oceanids if it's so easy. <laughs> 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 That's so good. I kind of like. I vaguely oh remember goodness. something like that. Like, oh my god, it's so funny. Um, Valdemir says, gotta love me unusual churls and their cabbages. Okay, that can be a favorite fight, sure. <laughs> um, Insignia says, biased answer, Alhaitham versus Aramite, who used the divine knowledge camp- capsule. Less biased answer, Toma yeeting a spear at his god to save us. <laughs> nice.
1: Oh, um, the saving. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I remember that scene. Huh,
0: interesting. Um... Kemleon says, It's already been said a million times, but Kazaha using his friend's vision to stand up against Raiden. Kazaha, best character, uh, uh, parentheses, totally biased. Kazaha main. Javalope says, My favorite fight is one we never see. When the traveler first comes to Aru Village, you wait outside a sandstorm in Candace's home, and you are told that monsters appear at the sandstorm waiting indoors is the way to stay safe, and Candace walks out to fight who knows what. Candace lo- is low-key terrifying, and just what monsters lurk in the sandstorm that she tells the traveler and Sino to stay inside for their safety while she deals with things? <laughs> That's so funny. Um oh, okay, so this is a peachy answer. Peachy oranges <laughs> says The time that the jiggly tumor fight happens, which I'm assuming is Apep, and when you fight to ocean currents in 3.2 lantern right and Yahya saves you. Drowning guy POV. Okay. Interesting. Kanguin 35, for me it would have to be the second fight with Raiden during the Inazma Archon Quest. The Inazma theme beginning to play as the plane of Uthmia, uh, lights begins to light up with the ambitions of those who have met along the way it really adds an unprecedented sense of duty and epicness among other mixed emotions for the fight. Slady Noir says, battle against Osile, 100% for sure. Both the lead up to that moment with the building of the Jane Chamber etc and Ningguang's decision and everyone lending the Traveler their strength and fighting together is awing to be honest um and Shao was very cool too and salito last one salito says don't have a favorite yet but least favorite is the miasmic tumor <laughs> okay okay so that's pretty much it for discord what about over at spotify Kahib? i right,
1: got a couple of answers just because this was kind of a short gap between our episode recordings uh we have james who says la senora had great music in that final scene her demise is perfect. Hashtag Klee. <laughs> <laughs> this, this guy, uh, every opportunity. Oh, I love it. Yeah, Senora was a pretty good fight. Little, kind of small scale, but it had you know two phases, which makes sense for her character. Uh, Kamisato says the scene where Traveler and Nahida take down Scaramouche. Yes. Yeah, it's so yes, good. Yes, I love that scene. Very good animation it was epic how traveler destroyed the core of the mech mm-hmm. and how like neito is like oh you've you tried to defeat me like 128 something times i <laughs> uh, i know how you're going to do it now um alien cat says i like the battle scene of the raiden shogun but i did not like the actual fight itself yeah i can see that yeah i get that uh but i understand technically three there are three versions of raiden shogun so and yep if if you're talking about the one that I'm thinking you're talking about in the story, then yeah, I can see that. Um, Emil Strange says it was a tie in between Osail or Beisht versus Liwei. Yep. See, <laughs> a lot of people remember that fight. Both were very large scale epic battles. And I love how everyone fought together. Teamwork makes the dream work. Well, thank you, Bennett.
0: Haha, <coughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah.
1: So I do like large scale like battles in like, in a story, especially, in you know, a it's kind of like um you play halo
0: you remember playing halo yeah of way back then uh only yeah.
1: up to four like you, yeah like you're you're playing through like a huge like you know arena of like get to here get to here get to here you're you see like all like these tanks flying in you see all like you're in like friendly and you know friendly ai coming in to help you out I, I like those like you're you're making progress through like one big battle i i love that mm. um so yeah that's the spotify answers And so for next week's question, um, Josh, I believe I just put it into the document. Would you like to read next week's
0: question? Sure. What Darshan would you want to join and why? Wow, that's a great question. I'm hyped to hear everyone's answers. This is like one of those like, you know, never mind. Forget it. I was going to say like, this is like a, what Harry Potter house are you? But I I, I was going to say, Harry Potter's very invincible. Yeah, yeah, I don't really want to talk about it. All right. So Slytherin. Uh, you would, be, you would do great things, <laughs> Slytherin. Okay, so, um, okay, so then let's move on to our last segment, the One Last Wish segment. Kahi, are you ready?
1: I am ready. Okay. Uh, you want me to go first? Um, you yes,
0: first? you go first. We're going to both wish one time. Kay. What banner are you going to be wishing on?
1: I need weapons because I have to, I have to forego Nilu. I'm sorry. I know she's good. What she's pity really are you on? for, like, team comps. Uh, for the weapon banner? Yeah. Ooh, I don't know. Hold on. History. What's the last five star weapon I got? So five. To... Ooh, I meant like nine pity.
0: Oh, okay, great. <laughs> what was I the last five star you got? I got
1: the spear. Uh, uh primordial the Spear. See. Oh no no, that was um, that was uh, um, Dia's weapon.
0: Oh, nice, nice. Yeah yeah yeah.
1: Yeah. So oof, I am fresh. Okay. Well, here we go. Let's see if I can actually get something, maybe a purple would be nice. Good to prep for a future character. Wish going up and it is blue. Oh, and so are you. Mm-hmm. What is it? Ooh, threatening tales of dragon slayers. Oh. oh, how fitting. Oh,
0: dragons. Mm-hmm. All What's right. It? I'm also doing the same rolling on the weapon banner. Ready? I am at 30 something pity. Here we go. And blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got the slingshot. Woo. Okay, well, there we go. Congrats, so, I guess. Uh <laughs> That's okay, you can take that back. <laughs> I don't need your congrats. Uh, I I uh, uh okay, forget it. Anyway. So that wraps up the show for today. As always, thanks for listening. And if you have the time, please leave us a comment and a review. We'd really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening. Uh, join the Discord. The link is in the description below. And follow us on Twitter. Once again, at Genshin Guys Pod, uh, me at JSide Gaming, my Twitch twitch.tv/jside, and Kahi on Twitter at kahiao k a h i y a o. So, as always, at Astra Abyssos. The one Enjoy!